There's a heavy anointing here this morning. We're going to go ahead and get into the word. We're going to have a Bible study type of message this morning. And I ask you, please don't, don't skip ahead. Don't turn to the last page. How many promise you won't turn to the last page till it's time? We'll get there, I promise you. I want to get right into this because if there ever was a confirmation from the Lord, it, it was today. Such a beautiful, anointed time of worship. I could have just gone on playing every single one of those songs for a long time. They're all my favorites, if you can have multiple favorites. <clears throat> We're going to be reading. If you want to read it in your word, that's fine. <clears throat> or I have all the scripture printed out here for you, and you can uh, take this home. I encourage you to make notes. I left quite a bit of white space on each page for that purpose, if you want to do that. Genesis 22, and we're going to read. Yeah, all the kids should get one, too. There should be enough for everyone to have one. Does everybody have one? Okay, Genesis 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And he said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, hear I am. And he said, Take now thy son, 
thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and he saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, the third day of travel, and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. Abraham knew the voice of God, and without hesitation, he answered, here I am. That's very significant to our walk with the Lord. The Bible says that God tempted or tried Abraham's faith for the purpose of proving obedience. God had made it very clear that Ishmael was not the son of promise. He commanded Abraham to remove Ishmael and his mother Hagar from the camp and sent them away. And of course, Abraham made provision for them, but they were not the son. He was not the son of promise. So God had to make a division there. And it made no earthly or logical sense that God would give Isaac to Abraham and Sarah in their old age and called him the son of promise, but then require Abraham to kill him as a sacrifice to God. Page two, Abraham knew that it was against God's nature to do this. Never before had God ever required uh, the blood of a human sacrifice, but still in the face of what the visual eye could see as fact. That's why these facts are in quotes. Abraham still remained strong in his faith in the promise that God would make his seed as innumerable as the stars. So regardless of the outcome, verse 5 tells us what was in Abraham's heart. He took Isaac and they too went up into the mountain to worship. Romans 4, 19, 20 through 21 says, And being not weak in faith, Abraham considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, nor yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 6, part 2, we're going to read, God will provide himself a lamb. 
And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they both went, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And Isaac said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Read it again. Read it with me out loud. Verse 8. And Abraham said, My son, I can't hear you. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Thank you. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an, offer, an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him upon the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Verse 7 is the second time that Abraham has said these words, here am I or here I am, first to God, and now he said them to his son Isaac. Abraham showed unreserved accountability and responsibility both to God and to his son in that he showed up for the hard stuff as scary and bleak as it was. As a prophetic picture of Jesus carrying his own cross to Calvary, Isaac was made to carry the wood for the fire that he would be offered upon as a burnt sacrifice to God. I note that Mount Moriah was the same mountain range in which Mount Calvary was located. And yet, little did Abraham know at that point in time that God would indeed provide himself a lamb. And it's noteworthy that Isaac quietly accepted without challenge or question to his father. He believed in his father's faith in God that there would be provision just as Jesus did his father. Isaac couldn't see the whole picture and things had certainly turned quite, made quite a turn because here he is now laying upon the wood himself bound. But the good news is, this is a little morbid maybe, that at least his father wasn't going to burn him alive since he was about to kill him with the knife. <laughs> Sorry. Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. 
And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing how thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Yet again, for the third time, Abraham answered the call, simply, here am I. Do with me what you will. I'm waiting. But this time, can you imagine the sense of relief that Abraham must have felt for hearing this answer from God? I would say that this is so like the Lord when he is testing our faith. At the last second, or so it seems, he calls our name. The Lord had been watching all along, seeing both Abraham and Isaac's responses. He knew the very moment to speak. God had the provision for the sacrifice prepared from the very start, tied up with his horns, stuck in a bush, unable to get out, set aside for a divine purpose. The sacrifice was there, but it was not within Abraham's view. The Bible says it was behind him, so he could not see it. So Abraham's trust had to go to the very wire, his trust in God, because there was no other remedy in sight. Abraham's faith had surely been tried right down to the wire, and he'd proven himself to be obedient in the test. God had indeed provided himself a lamb, both for uh, to save Isaac in the stead of Isaac, but he provided his own son, Jesus, who was offered up on Isaac's behalf and our behalf. And verse 13 it is that says, in the stead of Isaac, and you can put your name in there as well. And Abraham called the name of this place Jehovah-Jireh. The monument was to be seen on Mount Moriah by all those who passed by. And I read that this is the first and only use in all of scripture that the name of our provider, Jehovah-Jireh, is used. We'll go on to finish this out, the last three verses. Has anybody turned to the last page? And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time 
and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed, there's a little typo there, sorry, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. As a prophetic, oops, I turned the page the wrong direction. God wasn't through telling or talking just yet. He called Abraham again the second time and he said, I'm swearing by myself because there was no higher authority upon which he could swear. Not only did Abraham have the original promise from God, but now God is swearing upon his own mighty name that Abraham and his seed would be blessed beyond his own lifetime and for the nation of Israel. And because of his obedience, God was able to solidify this blessing. Because of his obedience, the blessing of Abraham's family, the blessings for peace and rulership, all for all the nations. That is a lot of blessing. When the Lord put this message on my heart, I picked up my old Bible, the big one, <laughs> the one I carried for many years. Now I have a smaller one that's much easier to hold on to. But I picked up this Bible to read this scripture out of. And I had written down a prophecy around this scripture, verse 18. Don and I searched for an audio version to share with you, but we couldn't find it, so we determined that it must have been before we started recording our messages and church services. At the time, I dated this prophecy, and I encourage you to do that if you are one that either writes in your Bible or in a journal that you date things because it's absolutely amazing what God says years in advance. We had a, an interim pastor at the time. It was August 20th, 2005. The church had been through a devastating period of time. And a, we didn't have a pastor. A precious man of God came to us and asked the board if he could fill in for a few months until we could get a pastor, and they said yes. He was a dear man, and he was here for, I think, about four months, if, that's, if, I'm, if I'm right, somewhere around that time. 
He's now with the Lord, but he gave this prophecy of verse 18 over this congregation. The very same blessing I wrote down in the margin that the prophecy included these words. Because of our obedience, God gave us this prophecy in 2005. Obedience to what, you might say, in preaching God's whole word, in standing for the truth, and not letting a false doctrine take hold where it would have done harm to people. You don't have to stand just yet. You can if you want to, but you don't have to just yet. I have to confess that when I hear preachers say, decree a thing, decree a thing with me, I get kind of riled up. I don't want to decree their thing. <laughs> it just bugs me. It's, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's just something that irritates me. But the Lord led me back to a scripture that I've read many times, but it didn't have an impact on me. Job twenty-two twenty-eight says, Clear as day, thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. The scripture is a powerful attestation of spoken words. And when we decree and we declare something according to God's word, we are operating in the authority that Jesus gave us through his power of attorney, uh, attorney, through the relationship that we have as a result of salvation in Christ. Some might say, well, does the fact that this prophecy hasn't been fulfilled yet mean that the speaker was a false prophet? Oh, no, I surely don't. It took many years for Abraham to see a blessing in his life. I don't recall that we ever as a body stood in agreement with this decree, with this prophecy that was given to us. And I'm going to do that today, and I hope you'll join me in doing that. And what I'm decreeing is written here in bullet points. How many know that God's multiplication tables work differently than ours do? Yeah, they do. I want to see multiplication of many things. And it's not for myself. Believe me, it's not. I almost get terrified when I see more than just a few people sitting here. But it's because people need the Lord. People need to hear truth. I want him to send workers, musicians, way, 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 way better than me. Preachers 
of the truth. Operations and demonstrations of every one of the gifts of the Spirit. More children and young people. I want my grandchildren to be able to find a, a husband in this church. Well, I had to go a little ways down the road to find one, but the Lord had a ram in the thicket. <laughs> he drove too fast, but he was a good one. Those who are hungry for the Lord. And I want to decree that, yes, we possess the gates of our enemies those enemies being ones who would oppose the gospel of truth. What do you think about this? Is it okay? Do you feel comfortable decreeing something that was given in 2005 or something that was given hundreds and hundreds of years ago in the word? I think I do. And I think that the way the service went this morning with people speaking out was so beautiful and so designed by God. We have nothing to fear in the Spirit of God. Nothing to fear. It is his word. It is his spirit. And he will control it. Amen? If we say, here I am. Here I am. Now will you stand with me? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the leading and guiding of the spirit that gave us these words to rely on and read back from so long ago, Lord. I thank you for Brother Dixon who was faithful in his service here to this church, who had no ulterior motive, who just wanted to band a people together, bond them together, and preach the word to them to encourage and lift up hearts. How I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that he has a double blessing in heaven for this very word that he gave to us on August the 8th, 2005. And Lord, I pray that you bless this decree today with your anointing. Help us to remember it. That's why I put it in writing, Lord, so we could look back and we could reference it and make sure that we don't leave anything out. And Lord, we can add to it. Each one can add their own to it and decree it before you as you lead them. And Lord, today, we simply decree that the blessing that was given, the prophecy that was given, would come to pass. And in the coming to pass of it, Lord, we would see your multiplication tables much, much more divine than our human multiplication can be at work visibly among us in this congregation Lord, that you will provide workers of all kinds. We need all kinds of workers, Lord. And you have just the ones that we need. 
and musicians, Lord. You know how this church loves music and loves singing and loves singing the word and the hymns, oh God. Send those, Lord, to promote and to enhance our music. And preachers of the truth, O oh God. Others, Lord, who can stand behind this pulpit and declare the word of the Lord says thus and so. And operations of every one of the gifts of the Spirit in each and every one of us, Lord. Oh, led by the divine, led by the power and the hand of God, Oh, it is by your spirit, Lord, that things are done. And children, oh God, young people among us, Lord, of all ages, we want little ones to bigger ones, oh God, that want to learn and study up in the ways of God, that come up and be trained in the ways of God. And yes, Lord, we know it takes workers to do all this. Oh, but send us those who are hungry, who want to work, and who are thirsty for you and more of your spirit and power. And Lord, I pray that you protect us from our enemies, those who would come against the preaching of the gospel. Any, Lord, in our government, in our law enforcement, or within the body itself, oh God, protect and that we possess those gates, and they shall not prevail against the gospel being preached. We ask these things, Father, because you put this upon my heart, because your spirit is in it, and because we want to see the value of the prophecy that was spoken come to pass in visible ways. And that's why we declare these things before you today, Lord. And I pray that you light the fire, just like Abraham carried the fire in his hand. Lord, light the fire in our hearts to see your word come to pass among us, Lord. Oh, Jesus, we don't want that fire to go out. Oh, no, we give you praise and glory and honor, and we keep it alive in praise. Yes, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. I just ask that you go with each one of us today and let this burn in our spirit. Let it burn in our heart, oh God, for the value that we will see in the decree of our words in accordance with your word. In Jesus' name, we ask all these things. Amen and amen. Are all minds clear? Anything else to say? Don does. Don does. Thank you. Go ahead. I appreciate your bearing with me this morning. I hope this was a blessing.